0: hardest day of our lives
1: it was I, we were we were crushed
2: a doctor told Adam and Christina Hannon their three-day old son miles might not survive and if he did his life wouldn't look anything like they imagined
0: but it was presented to us like are you sure you want to go this route with giving him the medical equipment that he needs? Don't you realize how inconvenient this child will be? You are greater
1: than the battle raging in my mind. I will trust you, Lord.
0: I will fear no more.
2: As they leaned into their deep faith, the Hannons knew what they were going to do. You're listening to part one of a two-part episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy
3: Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Situations like the one Adam and Christina face can leave you feeling hopeless. But Billy Graham says you don't need to feel that way if you trust your life to Jesus.
4: Only a Christian can hope to totally cope with life and can regard death with serenity. Our hope centers in a person. Not in circumstances, not in a political party, but in a person.
3: You're going to hear more from Billy Graham about the hope that the person of Jesus Christ offers a little later in the episode. You can also learn more about it right now by visiting us online or giving us a phone call. Our website is findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And the number to dial for our 24-hour prayer line is 888-388-2683. That's 888-388. 2683. Both that phone number and the website I just mentioned are in the show notes.
1: GPS. God. People stories.
0: We met at prom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we actually double dated to my senior prom yeah. um, with different dates.
2: Adam and Christina Hannon grew up in the same part of Minnesota. They went to rival high schools, as a matter of fact. Both grew up in Christian families. Both accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior at a young age.
0: My mom tells me that I accepted Jesus into my heart at the age of five at a puppet show. I don't remember that puppet show, Um, but I remember, like, there's never a point in my life past that moment where I, I struggled with believing that Jesus died for my sins.
1: I would say that it was seventh grade that I really took that step of saying, Jesus, you are my king. And um, at that point, I would say I put my trust in him and and passed from death to life.
3: For Adam, although he had accepted Jesus as his savior when he was five, his understanding of what Christ actually did for him really developed in high school.
0: So Jesus was my savior, and I got that. Um, But... What is the correlation between Jesus dying on the cross and me being saved? I didn't quite understand that until later on when I realized that it wasn't just Jesus died so that I don't have to die on a cross. Jesus did something much more magnificent on the cross is that he absorbed the entire wrath of God that I deserved. Not only did he die the death I deserved, he took the wrath that I deserved. So then, well, now Jesus is my Lord, and I better do what he says. And Jesus is now my joy. And that includes the hard times in life as well as the good.
2: When Adam and Christina met each other at prom, they hit it off immediately. But remember, they had come to the prom with different dates. They wouldn't see each other again until about a year later when they were both in college.
0: That's when I was attending the University of Northwestern, and she was going to the University of Minnesota, And we kept running into each other everywhere in Minneapolis, which is not a small town. So the fact that we kept running into each other, I think it was at a red light when I rolled out my window and said, we should meet on purpose sometime. Um, And then we did.
3: Christina and Adam Hannon were married a few days after Christmas in 2003. A couple of years later, they started to grow their family. Today, they have four
2: children at home. But if you were to meet them for the first time and ask, how many kids do you
0: have? They might hesitate for a moment. It sounds like, you know, how many kids do you have? Sounds like that should be the easiest question for a parent to answer, right? Still, it's a hard one for us. We have four kids in our home right now. And they're spaced out every two years with a the, with the little gap where Miles was. Miles would have been number it would have been number five because we had a miscarriage in there as well. So do we have four? Do we have five? Do we have six? It's, it's one of those things where, you know, if somebody asks you in the grocery store, how many kids you have? Well, the easy answer is, you know, how many kids do I have right behind my card? It's four. Um, but then in, in deeper conversations and deeper relationships, that's when you open up about things like the miscarriage and with, with miles. Um, so we've had six children together uh, and we live with four right now. So our oldest is 16 and our youngest is eight. And uh, yeah, and they're all a joy.
2: The Hannons had three children at home in 2010 when Christina found out she was pregnant with a little boy they named Miles.
1: Well, um when I was pregnant with, with Miles, I had a lot of water. Um, so they call it polyhydramnios. And so in going to my OB appointment, she had noticed that, okay, I have much more amniotic fluid than I should. And so even in pregnancy, we knew something was not quite right. Um, Miles wasn't swallowing the amniotic fluid like a baby normally would.
3: That made the pregnancy high risk.
1: A high risk with having polyhydramnios is that your placenta can abrupt. Um, if your water breaks. And so that's what happened to me. We were at home and my water broke. And um, as we rushed into the hospital, that's when my placenta had erupted, meaning it tore away from the, the uterine wall. Um, and so he was. we were taken in for an emergency C-section at that time. And he actually needed to be resuscitated at the time of birth. When my placenta had erupted, he was without oxygen. And so he also had extreme brain damage on on top of that. Um, so he was airlifted down to Minneapolis Children's Hospital um, just shortly after he was born. I got to see him for just a brief moment before he was taken taken by actually fixed-wing aircraft because, of course, it was a blizzard, you know, Minnesota weather. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even fly a helicopter in the storm.
3: Adam had to make a quick decision. Stay with Christina or go with Miles.
0: I went with Miles with the helpless baby. Um, I didn't know for another week how close I was to losing my wife.
2: The doctors didn't tell Adam how much blood Christina had lost during the emergency C-section. He later learned that she needed to have two blood transfusions and could have easily died.
0: I think God protected me from that because I don't think I would have handled that. I don't think I would have been able to handle that. So I was with Miles and that was so
1: hard. He was taken right down to the children's hospital and he was put on body cooling for the first three days of his life and that's supposed to minimize the effects of the brain damage um so he was put on a cooling blanket and we weren't even allowed to touch him and during that time adam and i were so we had no idea
0: we were oblivious to the extent of his condition
2: three days after miles was born a neurologist explained that the boy had a neuromuscular disorder in addition to the brain damage. he would need a ventilator, a feeding tube, and a round the clock care if he had any chance of surviving
0: the oh. hardest day of our lives
1: it was I, we were we were crushed and yeah. just you you describe it as feeling numb. I've heard you say yeah. that um it. All the all the hopes, all the dreams that we had for our child. What do you want for your child? You know, oh, I hope, you know, someday that they grow up, you know, that they learn to ride a bike, that they, you know, learn their ABCs, that they get married, that they find a job, you know, all those things are are gone. And they're saying, well, this isn't going to be a possibility in his life.
3: There at the hospital, Adam and Christina had a decision to make. Would they choose to give Miles everything he needed, knowing he may or may not survive? Or would they say no to the medical equipment and say goodbye to their son?
0: But it was presented to us, like, are you sure you want to go this route with giving him the medical equipment that he needs? Don't you realize how inconvenient this child will be? That's how it was presented to us. Now, at the time, we had three older children who are not handicapped, but highly inconvenient, aren't all children. So the answer was yes, a resounding yes, this is an easy choice for us. Help our son, whatever it takes. So that's where we were.
3: So many of their hopes and dreams for Miles had dissolved in an instant. But their faith led Adam and Christina to think hard about what was most important— Was it their son's ability to run around or ride a bike or read a book? Or was it something deeper?
1: And so then it really scales back, like, okay, are those the most important things for my child? Or is the most important thing for my child that they know that they're loved by God? They know that they're loved by their family. And so at that point, we were able to say, okay, those are the most important things And we want to support his life however we can. And we want him to feel loved. Um, And to whatever ability he's able to comprehend, we want him to know that he's loved by God, that he's loved by his family.
2: From the very beginning, Christina and Adam and their children were surrounded by a community of believers who were ready to step up and help in any way they could.
3: Yeah, for example, at that devastating meeting with the neurologist, A close friend was right there by their side taking notes. And after the doctor left, Adam and Christina could barely think. But Christina asked their friend to read Psalm 121. Here are the first couple verses of that psalm. I lift up my eyes to the
2: hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth.
1: That was the hope that we needed at that time. So such a blessing to have a close friend to sit in there with us.
0: I remember after that really hard meeting, we got in the van and we're like, Why? <laughs> like, what is going on? It was so hard. And I remember turning the ignition to the van after a lot of crying, turn the ignition and there was a song on the radio. It was from Aaron Schust. It's called My Savior, My God. He said, I'm not skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned. I only know at his right hand stands one who is my savior. But now we're crying again, but it's a different set of tears. It's just knowing that we are in God's hand. We are not outside of his control and his goodness and his grace. And we don't know how this is going to turn out. We don't know how tomorrow is going to be. But we know that he's got us.
2: Time and again in those difficult days. God showed the Hannon family that He was with Him.
0: We were desperate for hope. We were we were at our lowest point as far as like, like we've never experienced anything like this. That was the hardest week of our lives.
1: But it was also one of the greatest weeks of our lives because we saw we saw God work in amazing ways and we felt his nearness like we had Mm -hmm. never experienced it before. And I believe a lot of that was the result of fervent prayer from our friends. What a gift. Some of them were able to come and make the trip and and sit in waiting rooms and just Mm -hmm. be with us and be a presence. Um, And some of them were back home. You know, we lived three hours away from the hospital. And so some yeah. of them were back home and and just being faithful to to bring us before the Lord and ask for strength for us and ask for comfort and ask for peace. And we felt that. Yeah. And I'm still convinced that praying for someone is the best thing I could ever do for them. Yes, I want to meet their tangible needs, but I will go before the Father for them. Absolutely. I think that's a powerful thing to do.
3: Miles spent the first three months of his life at the hospital, which was three hours from his home.
0: And then came the time where, and this is one of the greatest days of our life, he was able to go home. And you talk about like a revolutionizing definition, like now home means so much more to us. We get to bring our baby home. We didn't know if we would be able to ever do this, and he needs to come home. Adam
3: rode with Miles in an ambulance while Christina made preparations at home. And on a frigid 24
2: below zero day in Minnesota, little Miles Hannon received a warmer welcome than anything his family could have asked for or imagined
1: our friends and family came out and lined the whole city block. They had signs and banners saying, welcome home, Miles. And so as the ambulance pulled up the street, they saw this parade pretty much of just people who had been faithful to pray for us and support us through this journey. And they were so excited to see baby Miles finally be able to come home. And um, and so, that was a celebration like none other. I still get emotional about
0: that. You know, seeing the balloons and the banners and, and just the love from our community. The whole sidewalk and the whole city block was full of people. But that was so unexpected and so wonderful.
4: There is no place I'd rather be. There is no place I'd rather be. For the first time in my life. I know what
2: home feels like. Adam and Christina Hannon experienced God's love every step of the way as they helped their baby boy fight for his life. We want you to know that God loves you and He will walk with you through every step of your life, the good times and the hard times. If you want to know more about his incredible love for you, visit findpeacewithgod.net. That is find peace with God.
3: We've been following along on the Hannon family's journey, and there's still a lot more to their story. In just a minute, you're going to hear about a defining moment that happened a short time after Adam and Christina brought Miles home. You're listening to
0: GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.
4: I want to speak today on the subject hopeless yet there's hope. Billy Graham. Yes, we all get tired. And we all have our moments of discouragement. We all have our moments of fear. But the scripture says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in the way you live? Only a Christian can hope to totally cope with life and can regard death with serenity. There's the hope of eternal life. Then we have hope of salvation. There's the hope of the resurrection. In other words, if you just had Christ now, here and now, you might be miserable. But you have arisen Christ forever in the future. Our hope centers in a person. Not in circumstances, but in a person. You need Christ. You need this hope. And one day, you will be raised from the dead if you know Christ.
3: We'd love to tell you more about living forever with Jesus Christ in heaven. Just visit us at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. You're
2: listening to the first of a two-part GPS episode about Adam and Christina Hannon, their son Miles, and the rest of their family. Next week, we will pick up right where we left off, right after they brought Miles home.
3: And waiting for Miles when he got home was a six-year-old brother, a four-year-old sister, and a two-year-old brother, all of whom were eager to meet Miles. He also had multiple nurses helping to take care of him day and night, Early on, Adam and Christina faced a crucial decision about what family life would look like with all the nurses in their home.
1: We as a family just have a a habit um, of reading the Bible, reading a chapter of the Bible after each meal. Um, It's just a great way for us to remind ourselves that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. And so we like to include that within our mealtime So we would read a chapter of the Bible and we practice our memory verse. And at that time we were even singing a hymn after each, after each meal. And so the first meal that we had miles home, there was, you know, at that point, I think there were three nurses (laughs) with us. And so it, it was kind of this awkward moment after the meal because Mm -hmm. We knew what the expectation of, of our family was. Our, our other children knew, okay, the meal is ended. Now this is what we do. We, we read the Bible. Um, but the nurses didn't know that. And so it's just kind of one of those moments, the elephant in the room, sort of like, what, what do we do now?
0: There was a battle in my mind. Do I continue our family tradition and read a chapter of the Bible now that we're done eating? Or do I just kind of let that, let that go? And man, I was fighting it the whole meal.
3: (laughs) Adam and Christina will share the rest of that story when we begin part two next week. We'll also get to know little Miles and hear about what his short life meant to his family.
2: Until then, if you find yourself in need of prayer, we are here for you. There is somebody who is waiting to talk with you, someone who loves Jesus and loves people and is waiting for your call day or night. The phone number is 888-388-2683. If you'd rather, you can chat with someone online, too, at findpeacewithgod.net.
3: I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.